You're listening to DraftKings Network. God bless football, Mike Golick. Which Mike Golick you talking about? That's fair point. You. God bless football, son. <laughs> God bless football, Justin. Ditto. <laughs> well said. <laughs> uh, I must say, we're doing God bless football live from New York City, brought to you by my plan from Verizon, the plan for fans. Thank you to Verizon because I finally have a reason to watch the Jets. And I can do it from South Florida, so I am looking forward to that. Uh, so thank you to our yep. friends with Verizon, also with DraftKings, of course, uh, as something? well. Goal, oh, you, yeah, I know wait, you want to say something. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, here, start. We go. here he goes. Before we start, yep. I already knows about you. I, obviously, you could all just see on stage or anybody that's watching, one of these things doesn't belong. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, good-looking, 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 Stugats. Yeah. So – the one thing I'd like to say, Justin, right now is I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry for what's about to happen for the next 45 minutes yeah. and how he may embarrass you. Well, listen, I, we talk about this backstage, and it's like Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, good looking, good looking, good looking. <laughs> we kind of rise the cream up a little bit. Yeah. It's like if you put a cake in the oven, it, it, the heat rises. And I was just saying, me and the, and the goalies are heat. So you think we're gonna so raise hopefully his we, level? we kind of you know I've right. never felt smaller, Mike. I mean that yeah, you've that, never looked smaller. No, but yeah. I will tell you, I have as many national championship rings as everyone on this. Oh, state, okay. Right? I mean, there we I'm go. Glad you went national. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you chose <laughs> your words carefully because if you went up a level, all of a sudden you have problems. But, so I mean, at least we were in the fight. Right. That is true. Do you consider yourself friends with Mike Golick and Mike Golick Jr.? So what Mike is trying to say is, hopefully after 45 minutes, you'll still have a friendship with them. I, and I, if I you know it, it's because of me. I just know that we're not friends. I know after 45 minutes, we still <laughs> still won't be friends. We still won't be friends. <laughs> we'll see about that, Justin. We'll see. I have, a, I have a way about me. I can turn that around pretty quickly. South Florida is hot nowadays, huh? It's hot here? Well, not South Florida hot. Not, well, nothing South Florida hot. What is the 100-degree temperature of water there? The, water, the ocean temperature the other day was 111 degrees. It's hot. Yeah, Imagine, see, I go back to the, I always think of this time of the year for at least three of us up here when training camps go on. And yeah. I, I don't know where you are now, or you, you are Mike, uh, where you guys are with this. Mike, you're the youngest, is I sit there and watch a camp now and can't believe <laughs> that we had uniforms on, shoulder pads on, helmets on, in 90-degree weather with the humidity, and we're not going to crap out of one another. It just seems so foreign now. That I'm 60 years old. Listen, I don't want. I guess I'm the second youngest, oldest here, so I'll. I won't. I don't want to sound like the old head. that's like, oh, back in my day. But, <laughs> but can you call it camp now? Well, listen. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> if I sit there and talk about how training camp is now, I'm that old guy on the lawn with my hose saying, "Get off the lawn." You were that, you were that guy in 2013. <laughs> Shut up. Well, I'll be that guy. That. I'll be that guy. I had old school Tom Coughlin, so like I obviously know. Right. Your area was worse than my area, but like at least I had Tom who was, put it, you know, put it closer to your area than right. most. And now I, I go to visit some of these camps. And I'm just like, um, y'all, how long were we on the field? And and you couldn't touch who? And yeah, one one padded <laughs> practice a day. Next yeah, okay. can't be padded. So it's definitely different. So the one thing Mike and I were talking about, and Justin, I want to ask you as well. And Sugats, unfortunately, you won't be able to answer this. Yep, is the, and, and for anybody that goes out and watches their team in training camp or something, is the off-season where we would work out and then we would come back and have to do a test. <laughs> like that we would have to train in the off-season for a specific test, a running test and a lifting test. And I would like to know, I know what Mike's was, Justin, but yours. See, so I got in the league in 1985 and played till 1994. So, again, I'm 60, I'm the old man. When I got drafted by the Houston Oilers, our conditioning test going to camp was a 12-minute run. You run for 12 minutes, and you have to go a certain distance in 12 minutes. When I got to Philadelphia, the running test was an 880. Now imagine 320-pounders running an 880, to like the la and you have to make it in a certain time. Quite honestly, and this is, in all honesty, the, the training back then was horrible. I mean, how dumb is that? I mean, you're not training for football at all. 
you have to then you have to spend time working on a 12-minute run or an 880 run to try and pass the test while you need to be concentrating on football. It's the NFL. I mean, either be ready or you're going to get cut. 100%. So what was your what was your test? Did you guys have So we tests? had um, what we called gassers. Um, so across the field and back. Sideline back, sideline side back. back, yeah. And we had to run um, 20 of them. So we run 10 and take a break and then 10 and run and take a break. The hard part about it was because Coach Coughlin, because I had Michael Strahan, OCM and myself, then JPP and all. He looked at us as like tight ends and like really mm -hmm. skilled fast D linemen instead of like being the regular D lineman time. So we had to run like the skill time. So whatever the tight end, in some cases, like running back's time was, we had to run that equivalent. So for us, it was, I think I remember it was 11 seconds. So that's the only thing that made it difficult for us. And that was a little bit more football oriented, a little bit more fair football oriented. Yeah. But I remember in college, we used to have to run, I think it was three 300s four 200s and 10 hundreds. And that was our conditioning test. And that wasn't, I didn't find that to be football oriented. No. Make sure you're in shape. We run 40. But that's a coach's, yeah. that's a coach's trick to well, try to make sure you guys are working yeah. out. Well, yeah. It feels like coaching yes. busy work. It's right. Exactly. Yes. Make sure you was on the field. It's exactly. Right. I'm not around you. You're going to be on the field doing right. something. But, <laughs> and then you get whatever a coach feels like doing. Mike, when you were, and you were telling me when you were in New Orleans, Sean Payton was the coach. He was going through a CrossFit phase and decided to make that one of your guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would see Sean Payton in the indoor facility in New Orleans, and he'd be, like, pushing the sleds and doing a lot of, like, the dynamic CrossFit stuff. And so we're at the Greenbrier in West Virginia for training camp, and you look down on the field, and there's everyone across there pushing sleds back and forth across the field, doing med ball slams, sit-ups. It was the weirdest conditioning test I've ever been a part of, the one I hated the most, and the one I did the worst at because I had been living in New Orleans for three months mainlining beignets on stage. You know? <laughs> so was... Well, it's funny you say that about Sean because I, I, in Notre Dame I had coached Willingham. And Willingham was the fittest coach I've ever been around in my life, but his punishment for like if you miss class or you got a personal foul in the, in the game or whatever, he called his 6 a.m. Um, workouts. Right. And because he was this fit person who, you know, roller skated to practice and all around campus. And That's incredible. He did. He, he used to make us do five-minute stations. And when I tell you, you had to jump rope. Like, have you ever tried to jump rope without stopping for five minutes straight? Sit-ups, five minutes straight. It doesn't sound plank, like a lot of times. I've never tried jump crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that was his way of saying, like, all right, if you're going to do these things that's not necessarily the way of Notre Dame, I'm going to punish you. Like, waking up at 6 a.m. In, in the winter in, in South, Indiana, South Bend, Indiana, walking through 10 feet of snow to get to this, this workout where Coach Willingham was, like, the last time you did anything in that regard. Because just go home and try to do five minutes of jump roping. And I'm in the best shape of my life as an 18-, 19-year-old kid. I'm thinking, like, five minutes of jump roping, yeah, okay. If you stop, you start over. So you had to continuously do it for five minutes. Oh, so you had to be good at it too. <laughs> right. That's right. Rocky type like, good. I mean, like he didn't care. He didn't care if you like if it hit your foot and you had, but like you couldn't like be like, <sighs> right, stop no, and no, catch no. your yeah. breath. Wait, did either of you guys ever fail any of these tests? Like, no. Mike, did you pass all your tests? I passed. All. Listen, I was a tenth round draft pick. Yes, you younger people. There was a time when the draft was more than seven rounds. rounds. Wow. I was a tenth round draft pick uh, when it was a twelve round. So. No, I was too scared to not pass the test. Why? What would have happened if you didn't pass the test? You've got to keep doing it, and you're not practicing. What if Reggie White didn't pass that same test, though? If Reggie White didn't pass the yes. test, Buddy Ryan would say, Reggie, try a little harder next time. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. bud. You know, right. Which was cool. I get right. it. Listen, there's a hierarchy in the locker room. Everybody knows about it, so it would not have affected me at there's all. A, there's a famous Jimmy Johnson quote. He's like, yeah. listen, I'm going to treat all of my players fairly, but if you think Emmitt Smith and, and Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman is treating their level of fair is the same as your level of fair? Right. Yeah, it's a different story. Well, I mean, Jimmy told us on our show that he once walked into the quarterback room and Marino was dead asleep, uh, but so was the backup. The backup got cut. Marino yeah. was fine. Hey, you're so, not going to do yeah. that. It's, okay. like, right. it's like if I jumped off sides, they pull me off the field. If Reggie jumps off sides, they say, oh, well. They move the ball. Right. The center yeah. moved the ball. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right, Stu, we've, we've wasted enough time of yeah. wanting to get this out. Go ahead, Aaron Rodgers. There's news on Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, he is. Uh, he's going to be a New York Jet for not one, but two seasons. Jet fans, let's hear it. Let's go. 
All three of you. Um, <laughs> a couple guys back there, also too. also saving them a little money, right? He's saving them like $30, $35 million. So they'll have some cap space next year to work with. Listen, as a Jet fan, I've been a Jet fan for 40 years. We've had like 107 quarterbacks. When you have 107 quarterbacks, you guys know what that means? You've never had a quarterback, okay? <laughs> and so now we have one. And we have one of the greatest of all time. And to get him... Uh, for two years is very exciting. I know you're a giant. I know you won a couple a uh, couple of Super Bowls, but it's been a misery for me for 40 years, and for most Jet fans. And so, for a minute, let us be excited. But my question is, uh, you're not 40, correct? No. So who? 35. Who are you? Who are you a fan of previously before you switched over to the Jets? And what made you switch over to the Jets? Because that just seems like a not your best decision-making. So the Jets were just good. I grew up in Long Island, so the Jets played at Shea Stadium at the time. So who are you a fan of? The Joe Walton was the coach. Richard Todd was the quarterback. Johnny Lamb oh, Jones. No. He made this mistake, like, early in life. He's like, a Jets lifer. They were just he good enough this. to suck this kid in to be a Jet <laughs> fan. So I think, yeah, like, 40 years ago, I'm 50 now, 40 years ago, I became a Jet fan, went you to see him at Shea Stadium. for the first team? Nah. Okay. No, I was no. hoping you would say, I just just be honest, that you was a giant fan and we was trash back then. And you you saw like this this halo effect on the Jets or something like that. I I, I will tell you, there's suffered ever since. There's many there's Bandwagon many. Jumping. That's there's, what I was hoping to get out of you. There. There's many a season I wished I was a giant fan. I'll be honest with you, but I think New Yorkers know this. It kind of goes like this: if you were out on Long Island. Sure. Your Jets, Mets, Islanders, and then we're all saddled with the Knicks, unfortunately, right? And then if you live in, like, Connecticut, Jersey, New York City, that area, it's Giants, Yankees, and, and Rangers. And so that's how it works. Basic so, success and... Yes. Yeah. And I had four cups with the Islanders in the 80s. That's, that's, oh, that's true. That's and the Mets in 86, and, and that's about it. But are you tired of hearing about the Jets? Honestly, as a, as a know, former we were, Giant. We were talking about this, and I was like, you know, because my life is kind of transition in, in, in something other than just football all day every day I'm not I'm really not I think it's good for the I think it's good for the game I think it's good for New York City I actually loved it when Mark Sanchez and that whole crew and Buddy Ryan I mean not Buddy but Rex Ryan uh, had success yeah Jets because it just made the rivalry and whatever that people want to make of the rivalry I know we're in the AFC and the NFC but it made the rivalry fun and it's just like it was good to be the to go into restaurants and, and start to see the Jet fans start to kind of rise up a little bit. It gave us that opportunity to kind of knock you guys down right. when we did. <laughs> so, like, obviously, we've, we've kind of won that recent battle against kind of like the, the, the Jets giant rivalry, but I actually think it's good for not only the NFL in general, but I think it's good for especially for the city. How about stay on the rivalry thing and not the city thing. How about, like, you know, when I was in Philadelphia with the Giants, we hated it. Sure. Were you, is, you again, played after me, so yeah. it was the same thing that there was. Honestly, that I, I, I think I, the, the hatred is different when it comes to, like, all right, I really hate the Cowboys. There's no, like. Yeah, I'm with you. No, I'm, you don't I mean, hate the Jets. I mean. No, no, no. That hate Jets was not like that. a little brother. But, like, with Philly, with Philly, it's different like. Different conferences. I, mean. I actually respect Philly. My wife is from Philly. I got, I got a lot of love for Philly. I went to school in Philly. I, I actually like the city. So, like, the, the hatred is not. It's more just football. Like I don't even like people from Dallas. Like, it's like, <laughs> like I don't even like the state of Texas. That's that's kind of hatred. But you know, with 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 the Philly thing, just because we're so close and and there's been a lot of divisional games that have come down and like really being important in like where we go in the playoffs and all this stuff, that is probably the height, uh, the the higher kind of rivalry when I'm talking about the Giants in general. So the Jets, it's more like we, we play each other once every four years. We play in a preseason game. Preseason game, right, right. Who, who cares? I am with you, though, that it does feel good to have that force there, and we hit it at the perfect time because of hard knocks. Yeah. Like, it's been a while. Like, we had the early 2000s heyday of hard knocks with, like, Ray Lewis and those Baltimore Ravens team. You had the Rex Ryan Jets teams yeah. back in the day. Let's go get a damn snack. All that stuff. But I feel like it's been a while and coming off how good that quarterback series was on Netflix, getting yeah. a look at some so of those good. guys, yeah. I feel like now you had you know bad teams that you get strong arm into this. You had Detroit last year, who everybody fell in love with through hard knocks, or at least I did. Yeah. I didn't have a dog in the fight. I loved that team. Yeah. And now it feels like you're going to get a Jets team that's got the perfect mix of young dudes that all seem to definitely live their life online, live their life out in front of everybody. You've got some of the best young players in the league. 
and, you know, Sauce and Garrett Wilson. And then you've got a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who, when he's around a microphone, is no stranger to sharing his opinion on certain things. So it seems like the perfect uh, perfect storms, do guys. Well, I mean, literally, they were a quarterback away last year. And so now we have our quarterback. I mean, we'll see with that defense. Yeah. How do you know about that? They yeah. had seven wins with Zach Wilson, man. Yeah. 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 Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Seven yeah. wins with that quarterback. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know how it's going to pan out, but in that division, if they don't win the division, I find it very hard for them to have a wild card coming out of that division because of of who else is in that division. Because of how good that division is. How good is. that division is, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So like, Where the Patriots probably, are the worst team in that division. You're probably going to have to win 12 games to win that division. Right. right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Stu you're down in Miami. You see that roster. Yeah. No, the so, Dolphins are good. The whole AFC, the so landscape, like, the no, entire no, AFC is great. I don't know if the Jets, even with, with the greatness of Rodgers, is the number one team in that division. That's the only, that's the only yeah. thing I would say is – for you guys to come and, and get into the playoffs, you got to win it. So now, now you got to be, you got to go to Buffalo. Yep. That team is going to be better because they're 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 still. I, I remember being the Buffalo of the team of the NFL where we felt like we were the best team and didn't and do it didn't do it in 08 and came back in 09 and, and 10 and then in 10 win the Super Bowl. They're going to have a phenomenal year if they stay healthy. Miami is exciting and if Tua stays healthy, God knows what that offense is going to do. Uh, I mean, and how can you how can you count out Belichick? He's gonna figure it out again. I just believe in it because I I fought with that guy too much. To, to, oh, it's, it's also so, good to know they got a legit O coordinator. Yeah, one hundred percent. So how they were trying to do last year. Sorry. So like, listen, <laughs> he knows it better than anyone else. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna yeah, live so through that last come year. Out of that playoff run. But I mean, what you're saying is you have to win that division, or else you're afraid the Jets won't get in because it's not just that division. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, the it's, Bengals, it's the Bengals, it's the Chiefs, it's yep. the Chargers, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, so, and there's like two good teams in the so NFC. Just think about just again, think about what they're gonna have to do to get the wild card. Right. Is it a 10-win team against the wild card? 11-win team against the wild card? I don't know. And like. I do believe that all things equal, Rodgers can be the difference in four wins. I do. I mean, from from what y'all had last year to him, could he make up four wins? Yeah. So that but, gets us to eleven. But right. that's that's if all things equal. Right? That and that's the AFC. You look at the NFC. There's basically the Eagles, and a. It's amazing to say the Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy's healthy. You know of what he did last year, and then right. after that, where do you go? Now the Giants, I know there's Giant fans. You're telling about. me the Cowboys aren't going to win a Super Bowl? No, no. Ah. <laughs> Every year since 1996, the last time they did it, Jerry Jones says, we're building a Super Bowl team. Here's been building for a, it's a lot of cement and brick they've been laying. Hey, Zach Martin. <coughs> uh, but, but, you know, the, you, you, yes. You, yes. Did, you did get three teams out of the NFC East, you know, with Philly, with Dallas, and the Giants, and now the Giants just get Saquon uh, underpaid at, you know, maybe $11 million, but – $11 million is, is still $11 million. And I, Giants fans got to be, like, quietly, like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, we got him for how much? Like, oh, I feel really bad for you. This is great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, Giant fans have to love that side. Oh, my God. Like, mean, again, like. Joe Shane got one over on Saquon Barkley. Well, I mean, it, like, it, Joe, Joe well, Shane didn't do yeah, anything. Like, the sport yeah. of football. It, it's, yeah. it's, this is how it Okay, is. but he got that guy to sign that contract and agree to a well, deal that he listen, should never have agreed there to. There was no way, at least I thought, there was no way Saquon was holding out. No way he was sitting out for the year. I don't think Josh Jacobs is. Tony Pollard signed the franchise, so uh, he has to go. But, you know, for everybody, I mean, all of a sudden on Twitter, you have all the geniuses of they can fix the running back problem. There's no fixing the running back problem right now. Uh, there's another seven years of the CBA. Now, not to say you can't work side deals if you want here and there, but one thing I'll say, and Mike, you know this, and Justin, you know this, about the union, the union's job is to represent the players, and the union's job is to re represent the majority of players. So everybody throwing out the ideas that they're going to change any part of the system to help the running backs or the franchise tag players forget, because they're not going to help the few, because what happens in a negotiation when you want to get something for somebody, you've got to give up something. And the union is not going to give up something that hurts the mass to help the few. It's just not going to happen. So I don't know when or if this running back 
situation is going to turn around again. I don't know, but right now, there's not a whole, they, I know they had their Zoom call and they all had their little bitch session, which that, is fine. That had to be so sad. That, but that like, had to be. At, at what point do you get on the Zoom call? Because it starts with good intentions. Everyone's yeah. upset about this. Everyone's heart's in the right place. And then like halfway through, you're like, Oh, there are really no good ideas yeah, to fix we're this just right now. The same like, thing over and, and, over and you're also yelling at Christian McCaffrey, who has a fifty million dollar contract. That is true. Like, I hey, what are you the doing here? Like Christian Why are you in there? Like, Zoom? yeah, this is some bull stuff. I can't believe they're doing this to you guys. That's crazy. <laughs> you guys, That's Derek, crazy. What they've yes. done. That just goes back to my point, right? If you think about the difference in most running backs and, and the guy who got paid and the guys who will continue to get paid, is Christian is going to be on the field for three downs. Yep. 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 Regardless of what offense So is Eckler, though. Yeah, I, mean, I, I actually think Eckler should be getting paid, too, because if you think about it from an offensive coordinator perspective, right, the reason why the running back position is somewhat not as marketable, not as favorable as it has been, is like five wides, four wides. Mm -hmm. You got wide receivers now, I'm blanking on his name, the guy from San Francisco, that are coming in and playing a running back position. Oh, Devo, yeah. Devo, yeah. I, mean, I could, yeah. Cordell Patterson transition. But that, to, that right. is the that is the that is the world that we live in right now. It's like it's like, all right. I I I, I started watching football in a world of big, uh, powerful Reggie White type DNs. Well, by the time I got in the league, I was that I was I was the model of the NASCAR package, and the DN was not only yeah. you know rushing the quarterback, but he was covering the running back out of the out of the backfield, a tight end in the, in the slot, or dropping in the coverage, or playing the joker and moving around and, and playing different positions. So that brought a more of a valuable uh, commodity because you got this one player that can can do multiple things. Same thing with a running back. If you want to be the Christian McCaffrey of the world, well, look at what he's done. He's not only he's giving you over a thousand yards rushing, but he is possibly giving you a thousand yards catching. And like as a defensive player, knowing they're like, oh my God, I gotta face that guy, and, he, and there's this a ruffle of things that he can do. Yeah, just not, you know, lead open or counter O. Then that's why you're gonna see these guys either make more money and 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 continue to move that that position forward, or be in this situation where they're fighting for. I hate to say $11 million scraps, but right. they're fighting for scraps. Well, and, and that's the thing. People all, that's what a lot of people end up saying. It's still $11 million. And we always say it's relative to the sport. Sure. You know, you have to keep that in mind. We certainly appreciate Verizon giving us a chance to talk football with you guys. Verizon's new My Plan and Verizon Home Internet customers can get this season's NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube and YouTube TV on us, on Verizon. So we appreciate that very much. And I, I don't know when or if it's going to come back uh, for running back. So that's a story to keep going. Mike, the running backs were the stars when you were playing. Well, they were the stars. Stars I mean, of the it league, was, yes. It wasn't three yards in a cloud of dust, but you had to, it was always, you had to stop the run. I know when we were game planning, you had to stop the run, especially the division we were in, stopping the running backs in our division, like an Emmett Smith, because if you didn't, that just set up the pass too easily. Now it's the pass setting up the run. Right. So how it may end up coming back at some point, you have lighter defenses. And when I say lighter, I mean small edge rushers. The edge rushers that are playing now were tweeners in my day and didn't have a spot in the game. The 6'2", 200, and the Dwight Freenies of the world, who was a Hall of Fame player. He didn't play in my era because he was – too small for a D-end and too big for a linebacker. There was no place for him. Now we switch to there's a place for that edge rusher. And you're seeing smaller defenders. You're seeing a linebacker out, another DB in, and they're playing the pass. So now does it, does it become cyclical where now you say, okay, well, they're spreading out the defense and they're lighter, so let's run. And maybe the running back becomes, you know, valuable again. I B. John Robinson's got to have the weight of the world on his shoulder. Because between him and Jameer Gibbs, you need one of these young dudes to ball like crazy, right. to not get hurt. Because that's the thing that quietly. You need a Ezekiel Elliott type season out of him. Yes, right. 100%. Rookie year. And, like, obviously he got the contract yeah. after that. Because so that was the you, kind of the thing that undid Saquon is yeah. there was a big injury in the yeah. middle of what were a couple of 100%. really great seasons. No, but, but I think the real problem is, and I'd be interested in your perspective on this because – you're in the financial world. You're someone who could probably run an NFL team. I think you could run an NFL team. So, and I know you want the players to make as much money as possible, right? But would you pay Zeke Elliott the amount of money that Cowboys were paying him when you get the same production for less money from Tony Pollard? 
Because that's really the conundrum for running back. Right? I, I, I've got to ask that question about the sequin situation because every Giant fan wants to know what do you think what Joe Shane should do. I'm like, listen, Joe Shane will be fine. He's, he's he, he he knows what he's doing. But like, you also you have to weigh those two answers, right? As a player, right? I want to see Saquon make a hundred million dollars a year. Of course, right? But also, if I put an executive hat on, it's like, okay, what is the value of this player based on our roster, our scheme? You know, his value to not only the team, but the community. You got to add all that stuff in there, right? And whatever that is, for this price, is there any way that we can get that same value for lesser? Right. And then you do the numbers and so on and so forth, and you come out where you come out. But uh, I, think, I, think both, I think both sides played this, their cards, or their, their hand, the cards they were dealt as best as they could. The Giants did exactly what they did. They, they put out a marketable contract for him to sit on and think about and said he's in your court. He he set out for whatever, whatever, whatever. And he went he came to the evaluation that, okay, this is what's best for me in my career. And I think I think honestly Saquon is smart enough to know that like maybe I'm giving up some on the table here, but like I'm in New York City. Right. And mm -hmm. what that value add is to me other than, you know, being somewhere else. I'm not gonna say any other teams, but like be New York City versus XYZ sure. and what that means for me off the field revenue, off the field exposure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think all that came into play for him to sign that deal. The, the other thing that has gone around the Twitter world that I think everybody needs to, the, the inside truth on is why don't other players give up money for the running backs? And first and foremost, the quarterback specifically. People Mike. talk about the quarterbacks. <laughs> right. That's the biggest crock to say the quarterback should take less and help the team. It's a capologist of the team's job to know what Joe Burrow is about going to get paid, what T. Higgins is going to get paid, what Jamar Chase is going to get paid, and to figure the cap out for the next five years. It's not the quarterback's job or the Andrew Thomas who just got paid as the O tackle for the Giants. Alex. Not their job. Their job is to maximize their value, and that's what they're doing. But also then to say, and I know, Mike, I won't let you talk about this, to say, let's shift around how we pay other players and give them less to give running backs more. It goes to that Liam Neeson uh, meme where he's asked about equal pay for actresses and actors. And he's asked, well, would you pay, take a pay cut? And he's like, oh, no, I'm not Now you've gone too far. Yeah. Right. No player. Player X is not going to say, I'm going to take less so player Y can get more. Not going to happen. Aaron Rodgers just took $35 million well, less. I, I was going to say, you've got that, and right. you've got, I saw, and... That, that, <laughs> yeah, we, we, do we want to go why, why we think he took $35 million less? No, but I do think, yeah, the, quarter, I, I, I do think the quarterbacks have enough power and leverage where if they're like, hey... But they can't if they, My point is they can't I'm sitting they, out until you take care of this guy but, who runs the ball for us 400 they, times a year. They, they can if they want help money-wise, but it's not their job. Right? It's not their job uh, to, 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 to look out for their teammate. To, well, it's not, it's not their job is to maximize. It's again, the capologist's job to figure out how you fit it all into the cap. And especially when you talk about what moving around tags for the interior linemen. Oh yeah. Mike tag. Florio. I'm, I got my eye on you. All right. <laughs> I see you print that again. <laughs> Talked about splitting up the tag. Cause he wants to try and short money for the interior <laughs> offensive lineman. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm going to borrow from you. So you got I love it. Mike Florio. You should be ashamed of yourself for that. Yeah. Those fine, large lads are going out there, putting their bodies on the line for everybody else. And you want them to make less money. Terrible. Now, don't get me wrong. Despicable. Stu we know Brady has done, did that throughout his career. He yes. Didn't get his full value. Mahomes is kind of. Mike, I'm right not. Now. I'm not saying they should take less money. I'm saying they have the power to go to Wait. the owners, to the GMs, and the coach, and they can say, "Hey, I'm not until he's taken care of. My teammate, the guy who runs the ball for us, who averages in Eckler's case, has 37 touchdowns over the last two seasons. Pay that man, and when you pay him, I'll come back and play." Wait, I saw Justin. Be careful, man. I saw Justin's Brady dar go up right over there when you brought that up too. <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> no, I'm actually being serious. I actually do love Tom Brady. But like, there's there's circumstances, right? And if 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 I've made 200 million bucks or what, pick a number, right? 100 million bucks in my career, and I'm I'm solidified, and I'm still I, and I'm still playing well to a point where I am. I have a relationship with the owner and the, and the coaching staff to say, like, listen, guys, you know, a big part of our success is this guy. Now, I'm not going to, I probably wouldn't go and say, like, I'm going to sit out or I'm going to whatever, you know, 
stomp my foot and say you need right. to pay this guy, but I'll go and definitely, and, I've, and, and many people do, have done this, I'll go, I'll go to back for him. We need this guy here. Yep. I, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. I'm, you know, you the cap officer, you the owner of the team, you the head coach, well, who was in the room, but we need this guy here. And, I, and I've seen the effect that he has, not only on the field, you know, for what I do, but also for the team. And that, I think, that's the, that's the way to play there. You don't go in and stump your feet. But at the end of the day, we are all expendable. You talk about this being a quarterback league. No, this is an owner league. Mm. And the, wor the worst thing you can do is being this hot shot young quarterback is to get that owner on your bad side. Like, yeah, they're, they're going to you, – you're, you're the guy that's going to drive that team forward, but as soon as they have an opportunity now to get rid of you, they're going to remember that because you handled this situation wrongly. And I'm, the, I'm just giving you things that could happen and could go wrong when you think about um, – someone trying to, you know, exude their power right. in a situation where at the end of the day, you're still an employee, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're a high paid and important employee, but you're still an employee. So you always got to, you got to weigh all these options. And I think a lot of times in sports, people are so quick to say, well, if I was him or whatever. Well, listen, I put yourself in that situation. You're an accountant or you're, you know, whatever it is that you do you're probably making good money and probably making either less than someone else that you're doing the same amount of work with or more than someone else. Are you going to say to your boss, is like, you know what? Chris on the second floor brought in the same numbers that I brought in. Why did he make $10,000 or $100,000 less than I did? You're not going to do that. So why would you expect this quarterback who's getting paid or whoever that position is to get paid to go in and say, hey, man, Saquon, we gave him $11 million, but you, we should have gave him 14. So, I mean, there's an example. I mean, Justin Herbert's a guy who just signed a massive contract. He's a young player, but if he walks into the to the ownerships, if he walks into the owner's office and says, "Hey, you got to take care of Austin, man. What are you doing?" That, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, sure. But I'm not. I wouldn't. If I'm Austin, I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't want Herbert to go and say, "I'm gonna sit out." No, I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. just saying maybe if Herbert just decides on his own, "Hey, I want to oh, do this." No, right. That, that is totally you could have. Right. And I, and I, I think yeah. I think that's what's expected from a leadership of a team, right? Sure. Regardless of what the position is. And, and as Mike said, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Say right. We have no idea. Right. As Justin said, and I agree. You don't go and stomp in your feet. Yeah. But if you go in and say, hey, man, we need this guy, let's, let's get it going. Well, and if you start, like, sitting out for it, and then it's like, all right, well, how many spots down on the roster are we going to start sitting out when somebody needs a payday? Like, all of a sudden, the fullback's coming to you, and it's like, hey, man, listen, big year coming up right now. Really help me if you walked off for a few of these training camp practices. It's like, where does it stop? Yeah, exactly. Like, where, where does it stop? Like I say, Baltimore, you have Justin Tucker walk into the front office and be like, hey, listen, we got to pay this Lamar Jackson guy. Yeah, right? but this is the problem. These running backs who are running the ball 300 times a year, scoring a lot of touchdowns, they're seeing tight ends getting paid. We're cornerbacks, in the case of Diggs with the Cowboys, $95 million. They're seeing a tight end from Notre Dame today get $50 million guaranteed. Great job, Cole. And Austin Eckler's sitting there going, hey, I had 40 touchdowns the last two years, and I'm making $6.3 million it's, a it's, year. It's a, it's a fair argument, but the market – is what the market I know. is. I to say. Yeah. Just, they've exploited a market inefficiency. It's so, all they've done. So what, I'm in finance now. There's a lot of things in finance that is a commoditized business that used to get paid a lot of money to do it. Right. That world is over, right? And but you don't blame the GMs, right? You would do the same thing? It's a market-based yes. right. Exactly. Right. I used to sell X, Y, and Z and got a commission of X, Y, and Z. Well, in today's market, I sell X, Y, and Z and get a lot less than what the used to be X, Y, Z is. Yep. And there's no need of me sitting here fighting with the world and saying, like, well, in 1980, if I sold this bun, I would have got this commission. Well, guess what? It's not 1980. Right. Yep. And just like in... 96, 97, or whatever years, Emmitt Smith was the highlight of that offense. Everything ran through Larry Allen and, oh. and, and Moose and, and whoever else was in that little gap Eric right Williams, there. He, yeah. When that happened, everyone knew, like, we have to stop that. Well, in today's offense, it's Patrick Mahomes sitting back there with four wide and Kelsey running around and looking for the hole in the defense. That's what you have to stop now. Yeah. And then it opens up to the running back. It's a, it's a different model. It's a different so, – Last thing on the running back, because I'm sick of talking about the running Thank back. Thank you. Because um, <laughs> it's another thing that gets brought up all the time in, in social media is, oh, man, young kids are going to stop playing running back. Mike, you, you were, always gave the reason on this of the size of a running back and how that's just not going to happen. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if, if they could, they would, like, play another <laughs> position. But it's the most accessible body type, one of the most accessible body types and skill sets on the field. I got a, a, a great – answer for that question. Last night, 
my barber was cutting my hair. Guess what position his son, who's 12 years old, plays? Two running. positions. He plays running back and defensive end. And I'm sitting there as a former defensive end, and I'm telling him the financial side of playing DN in this league right. and running back in this league. And he was like, I'm, I'm definitely playing running back. But the but because it's like it's because he wants the ball, the he wants thing, the touchdowns, he wants the, ball, he wants the glory, he wants the quote, right? Quote, quote, but, glory. But, right. But well, and he also but, might not turn out to be six six, oh, two hundred and seventy. Oh, he's a big, he's a big kid. The, Never mind. Put your hand in the. Yeah, mirror. but some of them but, might not me, turn into. He think about it. Trust me. Looking at him and telling him because I've worked with him a little bit on his hands and all this. He's a phenomenal athlete. I think he. I actually think he's a better defensive end now than he is. How old is this kid? He's twelve. Oh my God! But, but All right, you were insulted, weren't you? That he wasn't. I kind of was, but I also <laughs> get it because as, and if you go back to when I played football, I wanted the ball. No one wants to be. No offense, we both played DN. Yeah. Play, oh, yeah, we're yeah. in the trenches. Nobody wants to be a guard when no. you're 12. No. Nobody <laughs> wants to be a center. Nobody wants to be a, a defensive tackle. Nobody wants to be a DN. They want to be quarterback. They want to be the wide receiver. They want to be the corner. They want to be the, the quote-unquote glamorous position. Yeah. So to your point, I think football, unless they literally take the running back position out, <laughs> there's always going to be enough talent and kids that want to play running back. Yep. I said, there's kids in the audience, don't let them make you play offensive line. At least at the start. If you become if you become a big old boy, do big old boy hey, stuff. They're but playing the line pretty well nowadays. They, they are. I can <laughs> say, unless, listen, unless you can be like Zach Martin, if you if you have that choice, yeah. be Zach. Yeah. Do that. I yeah. Highly lucrative, Speaking great of someone dude. who needs to be. Yeah. yeah. Needs to be. Mike you, from, you, Mike did you grow from up wanting to be a lineman, though? You did not? I didn't have a choice. <laughs> Mike from I was an aggressive chubby kid. They never let me do anything 10 else. To what, 10 to 26, you were a guard or a center. Oh, and, and, until I showed up to Pittsburgh as a rookie, and all of a sudden I look up on the board, I'm a rookie undrafted free agent walking into Pittsburgh. And they called me right at the end of the draft, and they're like, oh, we're thinking about drafting the sixth round. I'm like, all right, stop lying to me. Um, and we're going to take you as an undrafted free agent. I'm like, all right, perfect. You're, like, you're, you're one of the highest guards left on our board. I'm like, there's not that many guards left, but okay. And so I show up to, like, off-season, like, a rookie minicamp weekend. So it's basically just like college football in shorts and helmets, like, it's a bunch of really bad football players out there. I was like, all right, you know, this would be good, like, be able to go out here, do my thing. I walk in and look in the depth chart. They're like, all right, Mike, we got your right tackle. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How many times have you played right tackle in your life? Uh, exactly zero. <laughs> I had lined up at tackle, not, not even high school. I played center in high school. That's what, like, a dead dog average athlete I was. <laughs> and so they put me out at tackle there. I was like, first off, thank God that training camp was when James Harrison went to uh, the Bengals. Didn't have to deal with that on the edge. Yeah. Because my God, no, I didn't want those problems. I'm trying to figure out like how to kick slide the you have to be so strong and fast to play out on the edge and block guys like him. On the inside, everyone's big and they just want to run right through you. And I'm like, all right, like I can be a speed. Just wrestle this guy here. <laughs> yeah, we just you know, all pop each other in the head. Like, hey, big guy, you're good over there. We'll get every once in a while. But got put out on the perimeter, and that was my wake-up call to, oh, it's different up here. And so uh, yeah, kids, again. Start outside if you can, get that experience early because eventually someone might surprise you with that when a job's on the line and all of a sudden if you're not ready to answer those questions, not only do you get cut, but you get put on your ass and that part. The great, the great line is that wide receivers can go to the slot, cornerbacks can go to nickel or they can go to safety. Uh, you know, and each position can shift to something else. Offensive guard, their next thing is they're a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's to, the next move to, to the front row. Yeah. Yeah, and a fan who's probably like uh, you know needs some like assistance getting up and out of the seat <laughs> at that point. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't the great taste of Miller Lite. You know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Ah, <sighs> I remember it like it was yesterday, sitting back in my dad's pickup truck. Me, my dad, Pappy, it's my granddad, I used to call him, fishing at the pond. I remember dad and Pappy going back and forth saying, what is it about this new Miller Lite? Is it that it's less filling or is it the great taste? What I wouldn't give to go back to those times. But you know one thing that Miller Lite does? Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Lite Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs and premium regular beer.
It is God Bless Football. We are live from New York City here. It is brought to you by my plan from Verizon, the plan for fans. Uh, I am wondering if Justin Tuck, there's one restaurant in South Bend, Indiana, and it has one table left, and Golick and Justin Tuck walk in at the exact same time, okay? Unbeknownst to each other. You have no idea that, that the other one's going to be there. Who's getting that table? You want me to ask that question first? Uh, you go ahead. Because Golick walks around like he's the mayor of South Bend still, right? Either Golick's going to get the table or they're going to go get another table and pin them together and we're going to eat together. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> We're going to find a way to eat together, but yeah. if only one could get it, he was, he was a much better player than I was in the game, <laughs> and he has two Super Bowl rings. Right. So that trumps. Well, I also had the sack, sack record until my guy Isaiah yeah. Fowski. That was my way of just shouting out Isaiah right. <laughs> How'd you feel when that happened? Like, people always excited. say records are meant Were to be really? broken. Did you actually like that? There's literally every time somebody got close. Stefan Tua was the first one that got close, and then he oh. went to the league, and I was like, dude, stay another year. Break my Because honestly, I, I got so tired of people asking me about it. Like, it's not like, everybody's like, you don't want them to break your It's not like they paying me to keep it. Really? I mean, I, I, when I would have athletes on who had records, I would ask them. Uh, there was wrestling at Notre Dame uh, when, when I was there. My brother Bob wrestled and I wrestled at Notre Dame as well. And I, I hold the record at Notre Dame for the quickest pin, 13 seconds. I got a pin. And I would. Still a record. Still, well, because they dropped wrestling, so. <laughs> so. It's a fun life act. I, I get asked every now and then, you know, did you ever want anybody to break your record? Hell no. <laughs> no, man. Absolutely. Now, listen, if somebody broke it, I would go and shake their hand and say, congratulations, good job. But I'm not sitting there. I'm, I'm hoping they don't. I would love to go to the grave owning that record. Oh, so you have the 72 <laughs> Dolphins theory on life. You're popping bottles as yes, soon as somebody yes, stumbles yes, on the way yes, to your glory. 14 <laughs> seconds of events. Like, yes. As, as, you as, suck. He got the program canceled. <laughs> it had a lot to do with that record staying with the, you know, the Miami Dolphins. You're welcome, Miami. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, listen. I, uh, I, you got to walk into Miami why, royalty. The reason, why, the reason all right, I'll give you a selfish component of why I, I like the fact that he broke it. Because now I can tell people, well, he broke it in X amount of games and only played two and a half years and had that record. Oh, mm. that's good. Yeah. You like that. Yeah. So it's like it's a win-win for me because now I don't get asked about it anymore. And every time I have to sign a Notre Dame autograph, I don't have to say 25 and a half sacks, Notre Dame all-time sack record, blah, blah, blah. Would, would you sign that on the ball? Really? They would ask me. Every really? time? Not that's every so time, many words. But, but, you, yeah. you know, but you know what's better? I'm going to just take my signature and that's enough. <laughs> I figured it's it like out. A small I, a kid. I don't know if anybody I does this. When you're a kid, you just feel like you're going to be a popular player, so you just, like start signing your autograph when you're five. Right. My autograph was two, two symbols. Without the number, it was... Mm. It was oh, yeah. You know how easy it is to sign that when we had to sign And then it became a paragraph. But, <laughs> now, yeah, now it's, but you know what the better yeah. story is when you, where you said I was a young he man. broke my record, but I was only there two and a half years, is he didn't break my record, and I was only there two and a half years. <laughs> I, I don't know. His way kind of has a little bit more yeah. bite yes. to it. Because yeah. it's like, oh, congratulations. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> this is well, fantastic. listen, I mean, like, Stefan Tua should have broke it. And we had uh, – oh. Who else came out? If they had counted the sacks that I gave up to two it in two yeah. minute drill on Thursday every week during practice, he'd have broken that in like half a season. And he had my face mask. It was just right for him to do it. Oh, let me tell you what, that <laughs> Stefan to it, for any of you guys and, and Steelers fan in the room, you remember to it. That kid walked in. He's from I forget where in Georgia. Yeah. Walked in. That kid was one of the most country-strong dudes I have ever seen in my life. We used to go in and bench with, like, chains on the outside and stuff. And I'm in the chains weigh, like, 65-something pounds each, and I'm in there thinking I'm big and strong. He walks in. They put, like, 285 pounds on the bar and then throw the change on. Stuart hasn't, Stuart hasn't like, lifted a day in his life. Really. Yeah. He's just he's big. Just on the form strong. He gets in there, and he's just ragdolling that thing. And so from then on out, we'd show up for Thursday, we'd do two-minute drill in practice. And the defense would run nickel. So we ran a 3-4, two, it was the 3-4 defensive end. So he'd be out over the tackle. Two-minute, he kicks down a three technique. You run so much empty protection. So I'd be up there praying to any God that would listen. For the love of God, point the mic right. I played right guard. Because then you got the center sliding to help your way. And I promise, if you looked on film, you'd have seen moments that Mike, hey, Mike's, Mike's 57, he's over to the left. I go, oh, God. Oh, God. And just hold on for dear life. Because you watch two-minute drill as a team the next day. Yeah. And my offensive line coach, we're sitting in the team meeting room. And all of a sudden, 
I am 6'4", 295 pounds, again, dead dog average athlete. Don't put me a tackle, please. Stefan Tewitt is 6'7", 295 pounds, and I watched him run away from an entire offense after he scooped and scored a fumble. Like, that man is built different as an athlete, and he would line up one-on-one -on -one across and be like, how many of those am I supposed to win, coach? He felt like it was a lot more than I did, and so we had a few disagreements <laughs> on Friday morning. So, uh, again, Stefan Tewitt should have broken that record. I can firsthand tell you that. Oh, but yeah, so, like, yeah, I, I, I'm... You're okay with it being broken? No, nah, it'd be different if, like, the, I was getting a damn check every every year in the mail. It's like, Justin, congratulations. You still own the Notre Dame sack record. Here's 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 your money for it. This yeah. has been a major <laughs> burden lifted off your back here, it seems like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Mike is still holding on to his wrestling record. God gave oh, him He's not even had to worry because he doesn't have to worry about it. They drop wrestling. anymore. He's going to be okay with that. Yeah. I'm good with he's it. He's good. I'll tell, tell you how seriously my dad takes his the records that he holds. Dad, what was the pool you belonged to as a kid? Oh, Manry Pool? <laughs> no way. In Willowick, Ohio. Didn't you guys own like a relay record? We owned a relay record since uh, 1974 that was broken maybe five years ago. Oh, let it go, Golik. And when I was in front Did of you a go back huge, to the pool and cry? I was in front, in front of a huge group of people, and, and the other people and the guys in the relay were there. It was like Cleveland Awards of something, so I was a thousand people there. And I brought it up. I said, oh, my guys are here that are part of the relay. We held the record for 30-some years. That was recently broken. And I said I got somebody tweeted me because I was doing the show at ESPN then said, hey, my guys broke the record. And it was expecting me to say, oh, congratulations to them. And I said, drug test them. <laughs> Drug test I need them. you to go in the bathroom and pee in this oh, car. I, want, I, want, I know what a whizzinator looks like, too. Yeah, I, I, want, I want that record I drug test. And two of them that. failed the drug test. Oh, my. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end this with a game, and I apologize in advance. Okay, oh, God. We have two minutes to go here. It's God Bless Football Live from New York City, brought to you by my plan for Verizon, the plan for fans. I apologize, again, in advance for this, okay? Oh, the name bad. of the game is Tuck Yeah or Tuck No. <laughs> Was that the first? That was a cleaned up version. Oh, it yeah. was Tuck It uh, or. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, once you said that, I was like, that, yeah. wasn't, your, that wasn't your idea. I, 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 your name. You were absolutely right. Shout yeah, out yeah. to Mikey A, our producer. And I think this is the part Mike was, was alluding to about, you know, the French. Embarrassing. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. We tried to run him into the heart out. We told us we had now, two minutes left. We I will not be deterred from this game. Okay, Peeing in the pool. Peeing in the pool. Ooh. Tuck yeah, tuck no. Tuck no. Really? What? Really? No. Peeing in the shower? Oh, am I in there by myself? Yes. Yes. Tuck yes. Peeing in a lake. Hey, Tuck yes. Okay. Yes. Sometimes will you use the shower even though, like, you have the option of shower or using the actual toilet. I will just go I to the like shower. I TMI. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I pee in the shower all the time. All right. Yeah. Slapping a play like a champion sign when you haven't won a championship since 1988. Wow. wow. All right. Wow. Tuck yes. Tuck yes. You Tuck know yes. Why? Uh, why? You know why? Yeah. Why? Because we're champions in so much more than just football. Boom. <laughs> mm. oh, mm. Boom. I went to Clark University. Go ahead, have at it. Clark University. What is it? Where, Where is, it? is it? Worcester, Massachusetts. Wow. God. Yeah. Division three. Division. How did he get up? Top ten in the scoring in lacrosse, though. Did you read yeah. our resumes and then all, all, all his lacrosse games were I'm on the Ocho. <laughs> I wish. I was just saying that's a step up. Losing <laughs> your golf cart and acting like it was stolen. Tuck yeah, tuck no. Mike Golick Senior did that. L losing my what? He, he lost, lost his golf, golf cart. cart. Back South in South Bend. Bend. Somebody stole it. <laughs> There's so many things I can say here. Um, if you lose your golf cart, you've had a really good time on a golf course. <laughs> Boom. So there you go. There Is you that go. a football game? Oh, no. It wasn't a football <laughs> game. It was a football Nailed game. Nailed it. Uh, Eli or Peyton? Eli had a better career than Peyton Manning. Tuck yeah, tuck no. No. No? Did Eli have a better career than Peyton? Than Peyton. No. Won two Super Bowls. Peyton did too. So did Peyton. I know, but he beat Brady. He was so your quarterback, Peyton. man. Listen, I mean, I, I love, love your honesty, but... Listen, I love Eli, and everyone knows this, but like nah. Peyton is a, is arguably the this, best quarterback ever. This Justin right? is where Stugatz tries. Yeah, he tried because this is being broadcast <laughs> live. It's going to be everywhere. If Peyton, he wanted you to say Eli, if Peyton, if Peyton and Eli. Right I would say Eli. I would say I would say I I am grateful for having Eli as my quarterback, and I would never change that. Okay. That I would definitely. I, what do you I, think? What do you think? But uh, the greater quarterback, I mean, greater. 
I mean, just stats alone, right? It's 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 not an argument. Now, is now we're gonna you you could ask me a harder question. Is Eli a Hall of Famer? I'd have been like, Tuck, yes, he should have been Hall of Famer two years ago. Okay, one hundred percent. But fair. Brother had a better. What is what is Eli better at than Peyton? It could be on um, or off the field. I can't say. <laughs> all right, last one. We'll get out of here. The 18 to one Patriots were the best team of all time. Tuck yeah, tuck no. Tuck no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you to everyone for coming out. Thank you to Verizon again. Uh, the play, uh, Verizon, the God Bless Football Live here from New York City is brought to you by my plan from Verizon. The plan for fans, giving fans the ability to watch their favorite team, even when they're not living in the state that anywhere, they live. Yes, anywhere. Around the seriously, seriously, thank God. And don't tweet me about I chose Peyton over Eli. I did not chose. Oh, you know, I, oh, you are. I, I, my phone, I, I, my phone is gonna ring off the hook. No, in all honesty, I was trying. Mob. It's gonna yes. be a mob outside my house. Uh huh. And I tried to do it quickly, just to hope that I would sneak it in and you would say the wrong thing, and then love, it becomes news everywhere. Love you, Eliza. <laughs> How do you feel? Are we friends now? Or? People don't even really know Eli's real name. Everybody thinks his real name is Eli. It's not. That's another thing. I didn't know, know that. I know you don't. How do you feel about me, though, <laughs> as we wrap this thing up? Exactly. He said, how do you feel about me? That's, that's all I care about. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for thank showing you. up. Thank uh, go Jets. Thanks, guys. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. You know another thing that hasn't changed? Is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Ah, I don't remember it like it was yesterday. Sitting back in my dad's pickup truck. Me, my dad, Pappy. It's my granddad, I used to call him. Fishing at the pond. I remember dad and pappy going back and forth saying, what is it about this new Miller Lite? Is it that it's less filling or is it the great taste? What I wouldn't give to go back to those times. But you know one thing that Miller Lite does? Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Lite Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs and premium regular beer. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.